Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. A ski to you all and a happy Friday. Welcome in to another edition of the PHNX D-Back Show. Shout out to OG's Brands, the official sponsor of Flavoring Fridays. Head on over to ogsbrands.com to see their full lineup, including their two newest gummies, the OG's Naturals and the Big OG's, and find out where you can purchase. Well, uh, speaking of having a good time with our friends at OG's, we're excited to have a good time uh, with a, a, a habitual line stepper here around the MLB world. It's uh, it's our friend, Mike Farron uh, from, from MLB Network Radio. Welcome in, sir. How are you? There is, if you don't think there's a line, you can never cross it. That's very true. That's very true. That's the way that uh, that both of us get away with all of that stuff. But uh, great to see you. And uh, of course, you know, we're very excited here covering this Diamondbacks team uh, with, with the changes that they've made this offseason, the additions that they've made. Uh, so we were just curious as to your thoughts on on where they stand right now in the National League. We had an interesting uh, kind of uh, Pakoda projections that kind of said the Diamondbacks could be uh, the third best, fourth best team in the National League, potentially. Yeah, I think that's probably about right. You know, I, I think they, I, listen, I think they are a better team now than the one that went to the World Series, at least in terms of overall talent. Now, does that mean they're going to get back there again? I mean, I think... What we saw in the postseason last year and what happened with them is a pretty good indicator that you know the postseason's a crapshoot and you don't really know what's going to happen. But you <laughs> yes. want to create as much depth and as much as many possibilities for you to have success as possible. And I think they're a better roster right now. I mean, I think that I, I think one of the more unheralded signings of the winter was Eduardo Rodriguez. He's really going to stabilize that rotation. He's a very good pitcher. I think they've ad- addressed third base significantly with the, the trade for Eugenio Suarez. Bringing back Gurriel was a big deal. Adding Peterson to the mix um, at the DH slot is going to be prove, I think, a really strong move against right-handed pitching in particular, and it's a pretty right-handed division on the mound right now. So I, I like what they've done. I, I wish they were adding a little bit to the bullpen um, mm-hmm. But sure. other than that, I think that's where they're at right now is uh, is pretty positive. 
Mike, the, uh, there was just a report from Mark Feinson that came out uh, within the last hour or so that the Diamondbacks were maybe looking at adding another right-handed hitter uh, to pair yeah. with uh, with Jock Peterson at DH. Uh, Tommy Pham was was mentioned as one of the names. Of course, that would be that the narratives there would be uh, it, it'd really be something if that happened. Uh, how how urgent of a need do you think that is for the Diamondbacks to obviously Jock Peterson, as you mentioned, an asset against righties. A little bit less so against against lefties. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it would be nice to have, well. First of all, like, are we talking about two fantasy football leagues then in the clubhouse? Is that what's going to have to happen? We're gonna do I think we have to be right. <laughs> two, if it happens, do we run the the risk of Montilla running naked through my neighborhood because he's been campaigning for Fam to come back all winter? Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, I'll make a I'll make a special trip over to your neighborhood for sure. It's just I the mean, jokes, Mike. The jokes. There's so many jokes. There's so many. Season. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> I, I really think it would slap the taste out of the rest of the division's mouth. No, I just listen. I, I say that <laughs> you did chest. it. You I, said the thing. I um I love Tommy Pham. I'm a huge Tommy Pham guy, and always have been. And I think we talked about it even when they acquired him last um, summer. And I can't remember if it was on this or, or offline. Um, you know, the dude is just an absolute pro. Um, he prepares the right way. He's a tremendous teammate. Yeah. Um, he takes care of young players. Like just having that guy in the mix is really good. And I think, you know, I think the one thing that Tommy's been faced with this winter is he wants to play. And unless the Diamondbacks are going to, you know, move another outfielder, I don't know how much regular playing time there is for him or any of the other names that were mentioned. Yeah. So, like, the, the other two names that came up were Adam Duvall, who hits lefties well, has real power, kind of a, a low on base guy, but is a really good defensive outfielder and fits that, that um, what the Diamondbacks like in terms of having a defender. And Randall Gritchick, who's a, a lefty masher, who doesn't walk and probably swings and misses too much. But if you're limiting him against left-handers and playing on the corners, he's got a lot of value and he can run. So I think those three names make sense if you're trying to build out a deeper roster. Um, it makes me wonder if they did do something like that, if they have something else brewing to try and address the bullpen via trade with some of what they still have in terms of 40-man outfield depth. Yeah. Um, that's kind of where my head went to with with some of that. Yeah. But I think in terms of improving the overall roster, I think it'd be a great move. Like you, like I don't think you can have enough good offensive players. And right now they have a pretty good offense. And adding one of those righties to the mix would make them that much more potent. I, I mean, I think all three of them have great qualities. Um, if I if if the numbers were all equal and I could choose one of the three, I would choose Fam for a lot of the intangible reasons. But I don't think you can go wrong with Duvall either. And if you're if you're putting Grichik in the right role, I think he is. Um, you know, I think he can be a real nice role player for you too. I I love the addition of Fam last year. I thought that when he mm-hmm. came to this team, there was just some. You know, there 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 was something about him that kind of it, it felt like he toughened the team up a little bit, right? And I mean, you know, again, he's a veteran that's been around, and it feels like uh, like sometimes the Diamondbacks uh, were were a team that kind of needed a little bit of an edge. It it felt mm-hmm. like adding him there late, along with the additions to the bullpen, obviously, which were probably the bigger bigger key, was was a big thing that kind of drove them there in the playoffs. But w- without Tommy Pham 
being added to this team or without any any further moves being done. We, we were kind of surprised to see that the Diamondbacks were still in the market for for a right handed bat. What were you, what are your thoughts on on what they've done this offseason overall? Like, do you, do you well, think, think that they, they accomplished essentially the goal that they were looking to go out there and accomplish? Yeah, I feel like I feel like again the bullpen is the one spot that really hasn't been touched as much as I thought it might be. I yeah. thought there might be another reliever. I, it, you know, it wasn't the best fit in terms of relief markets. Um, right. You know, at least at the high end for them. Um, but you know, there always could be trades that they proved last year can be addressed during the season and, and fixed as well. I mean, I think, you know, I go back to, to talking to the, the front office about this back in 2017 when I was working there and um, you know, they, they were quick to point out in, when, when this group was in Boston's front office in 2013, they were on like their third or fourth closer at the end of the year when Koji Wihara took over. So I mean, bullpens evolve over the course of a season. So I guess I'm a little less concerned about that, but I think they've addressed a lot of what they need. I mean, I think, the, the other part in terms of the external additions that they've made is that they're really quality clubhouse guys. I mean, Peterson has a great reputation as a teammate. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Eugenio Suarez is the king of good vibes only. I know Scott Service loved him in Seattle and <laughs> um, his teammates loved him there. And he's just a, like, he's a really fun, good player to have around. And Eduardo Rodriguez is a just a really good person, I think, and at least in my dealings with him. And so I think they have done a good job of identifying not just talented players, but good players that are professional in their preparation that have good makeup. And I think, you know, like Jock brings um, a different edge than Tommy Pham does, but that accomplishes the same thing, right? Like, so, so one of the things I always like to talk about is everybody wants to win, right? You hear this, well, this guy wants to win. Yeah, everybody wants to win, but not everybody wants to compete. And that's, I think, the thing that makes guys like Peterson and Pham uh, good on rosters and why so many of their teams make the postseason or make postseason runs is because they love the competition. And so I think that's a real I think that's a real benefit. I think that that's a real big addition. But with Peterson in that regard, um, not to mention he, he crushes righties and in a division that's going to be yeah. pretty right handed like that should be looked at as being significant. Mike, uh, I know you're you're big on on prospects uh, in, in general. Uh, Jordan Lawler, what are your expectations for him in 2024? Obviously, the, the talent is tremendous. He he struggled quite a bit in his first taste of the majors last year. Maybe he you know maybe he got that opportunity a little bit before he was ready for it. What are you expecting from him in in 2024? You know what's so funny is that I heard in spring training last year from D-backs personnel that they felt like his bat was so far ahead of his glove that they were really, they were kind of concerned about that, right? That it was right. going to force the issue. <laughs> and I think what we saw and what in talking to, to multiple scouts in the organization about him, what they felt like was that the, the defense just doesn't look the way it's supposed to, but he makes all the plays. So it's like weird arm strokes and maybe playing on the run a little bit. And, you know, it's, we heard these same things about Troy Tulowitzki, right? And Tulo was a really good defender. That's not to say that Jordan Lawler's heck, Jordan has, has Troy Tulowitzki's career. I think everybody would sign up for it. But that, that same kind of – those criticisms sometimes come around with defensive players who are good at it but they don't necessarily look the part. It was clear that he needed more repetition against – major league quality pitching last year, but there wasn't really going to be that opportunity for it with them in a pennant race. And right. that I think was, 
you know, I think that, that that in the end isn't a big surprise. You know, if you hoped that he was going to come up and provide a boost like what Xander Bogarts did for that Red Sox team in 2013, um, you know, I think that's that's something you're hoping for. But not every player can do that. And I think the gap between AAA and the big leagues is far more significant now than it was 10 plus years ago. So there were adjustments that need to be made. The question is, when do they want those adjustments to take place? Does it is it best served for him? to go to Reno early in the season, rake, and then come up and deal with the 100 or so plate appearances of him trying to get his feet wet at the big league level, knowing that he's had already a little taste of it? Is it better to do that from opening day and slide Geraldo Perdomo into more of a super utility role, which I think he'd thrive in? I mean, like, make no mistake, Perdomo is a really important guy in that clubhouse, and I think that they view him as having a significant role. But Lawler's a shortstop, and that's where he's going to play. Yeah. And that, that, I think... You know, those are ideal world situations. The reality of it is there's probably going to be an injury to someone at some point that forces their hand on that. And that's sure. what, what will probably bring Lawler to the big leagues to stay when that happens. But I think he's got a chance to be a, an impactful offensive player at one of the best defensive positions or the most important defensive positions on the field. Well, last year they had the ability to kind of plug him in over there at third base due to the fact that they right. didn't have a true solution at third base. But now with Gino being added, it does feel like they they have a guy. They had a guy that played 162 games last season, so that mm-hmm. which will never happen in a Tori Lavola lineup. But uh, they they have a, they have their everyday regular third baseman, so it feels a bit there like Lawler. You know that that kind of limits him to. Uh, either a backup role or being called up when no Lawler's you know, not going to back up anywhere. Right, if that's Lawler's what I'm saying. on the like, team, he's playing every day. Right, he's, he's, it's, it's would be the backup. Minor and Lawler would be the starter. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, what are your thoughts about uh, Eugenio Suarez? By the way, we uh, we're talking about the Pakota projections, kind of uh, hating him a little bit next year. <laughs> uh, they do not have him projected to have a very good season. Uh, but what what are your thoughts on on how he solves that problem at third base for them and and what he's possibly going to be for this team. Well, you don't have to clear a very high bar to be better than the third base production they got a year ago. You know, I mean, I That's think you're comparing it year over year. <laughs> um, you know, it's he's going to be an improvement. Listen, I mean, do you want to focus on the things that Suarez does well or do you want to focus on the things that are going to be frustrating at times? Because the well, things he does well yeah. is he hits the ball out of the ballpark and he's a solid yeah, average defender at third base. Like, those are really good qualities to have. The biggest flaw against him is that he's going to strike out and he's starting to age a little bit. Um, you know, he's moving from a difficult environment for right-handed pull hitters to a slightly less difficult environment for right-handed pull hitters. You know, Chase Field <laughs> isn't, the, isn't your older brother's Chase Field in the pre-humidor days. Um, but I think he's, you know, he certainly is going to provide power. He's not going to be counted on to be necessarily that, that cleanup hitter. You know, I'm not sure exactly how Tory's looking at his lineup now, but I would think that he probably hits in the fifth or the sixth spot. And that probably takes a little bit of pressure off him too. He's got a good idea of what to do with men on base. He's going to be an absolute professional in the way that he goes about his business. Now he's going to be a good influence on the other players in, in in the clubhouse, especially the young guys, which I think is important. You know, he's he's going to be he's the fun uncle, right? So you yeah. need to have guys like that around, and that's that's Gino. Um, so yeah, I mean the projections. I mean, remember those are like weighted mean projections, and I think Zips had him right around um, a league average performer. Right, they had him right around two WAR, which is about what yeah. he did last yeah. year. And if you're able to get that out of him and say, you know, and uh, weighted runs created plus around a hundred or maybe a tick above. 
that's a huge upgrade over what they had last year, and that's a pretty solid player overall. So I think, you know, there are things that, that will frustrate at times, but for the most part, it's going to be uh, a lot of dongs and a <laughs> lot of laughs in the dugout with them. <laughs> uh, Mike, we did our, uh, our uh, highly anticipated tier rankings of the various Cactus League ballparks yes. uh, the mm. other day on the show. We had some fun with that. I think we all know Salt River Fields is is at the top. Sloan Park is certainly up there as well. I'm curious for you, are there maybe it's not. I don't know. Are, are there are there ballparks uh for you that are maybe overrated, underrated? Do you have opinions on on these kinds of things? Yeah, I mean, I think the best thing I can say about Sloan Park is almost all the seats are in the shade. Like that's the part that I think sure. is really good. Which is big. I think that's big around here. There are some things about Sloan Park that I really don't like. Like the fact that the home clubhouse is about a quarter of a mile from the field and that they I have to walk that. across every day. So like I don't think the players like it either, but it was done to, sure. to you know kind of spare expense. I you know, I, I think there's um you know, I, I it's fine. It's it's newish. It's fine. It looks like new construction. It does its job, but it's a comfortable place to watch a game. I mean, I think more than anything from a fan standpoint, like the the shade should not be discounted. I mean, it's one of I, it, like if your assignment during the AFL, which is when I spend most of the time in, in seats in these places during the, the fall league is between going to Sloan Park or Sloan Parker to go to Camelback Ranch. I'm going to choose Sloan Park every day. And twice on Sundays because I don't want skin cancer. And that's the big problem at Camelback Ranch is it's a beautiful facility, but everything is in the sun, right? Like, it's really tough. Yeah. I'll tell you what, the, the one that I think is really underrated, like, I love Scottsdale Stadium. It's old school. I like, you know, Tempe Diablo is a little bit run down. I know they're going to try and make some improvements to it, but I love the buttes in the background. I think the one that's underrated is Maryville. The I think that's yes. a great ballpark to see a yeah. game. Um, yeah. It generally is pretty inexpensive to go to as yeah. well. You know, it's not, it's really the most centrally located of any of the facilities. Um, I really like Maryville. I love going to games there. So that that's the one that I would say is underrated. And then the ones that are like, you're at the top of the list. You're right. I mean, Salt River is one for me. Uh, Scottsdale stadium is probably number two. Um, I really like the Peoria sports complex too. I would put that up there. Uh, on the list, I Derek think, even can't though it's stand it. Derek lives right <laughs> by it, like and he can't stand it. It is the closest <laughs> one to me, and I do not. I'm not a fan. Why? But why? Uh, mostly, I just I don't I don't feel like when you go to it that they have done enough to keep up with how the the spring training ballparks have changed. Like there is a way to keep the old school feel to it, like you're talking about with Scottsdale, and right. still have some amenities, still have some vendors out there, like. The food choices aren't great. There's just not a lot. Like, I, I don't know. I, I, I do enjoy the environments in some of the other ballparks, especially Scottsdale. I really like the environment, and that's all Giants fans, right? Like, when you go to right. a game there, the, but but that's oh, what yeah. I think is incredible is I think, I, like, it's rare at some of the spring training games that you go to that the crowd is actually really into the game, and they're watching it, and they are cheering even in the sixth and seventh innings and such and like the only place i feel like i've ever seen that is at, at a scottsdale yeah. at scottsdale so i mean it's uh it's it's a fun environment to be a part of i take all I mean, that into consideration Scotts, scottsdale is is like the last real like this is what old spring training felt like i mean yeah. even even yeah. 
Um, you know, even Ho Cam doesn't have quite that feel anymore to it, even though it's got I do love the the big steps up like they have at that and Tempe Diablo, but because maybe it's because they've poured a fair amount of money into Scottsdale. I think those criticisms of Peoria are fair. I don't tend to eat uh at the ballpark very often, so I guess mm. I'm I'm not in line on the consultant. That's all I go there but for. I find it when <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, um, <laughs> I, think, I think from a comfort standpoint, I find it to be a really comfortable place to, to watch a game with good sight lines, and there's a good combination of seats with backs and seat without, so yeah. you can move around. But um, but yeah, Scottsdale, Scottsdale Stadium is like, if you want to tell people, like it, it's the, I don't know that you can put a Wrigley or Fenway on it necessarily, but it is definitely the, uh, the most venerable of the Arizona uh, spring training locations. We we actually brought you on here for a very specific reason, Mike. We we really just we were beating around the bush. We just have one question to ask you, and that is, uh, what did you do to the baseball barbacast? <laughs> <laughs> huh? What, what what did you? My guys just disappeared. It was, it was thriving. Suddenly, Mike Farron steps in and does this cool prospect barbacast yeah. thing with them on Wednesdays, and then all of a sudden, it disappears. Mike, what what happened? What did you do? I, I've been at Sirius for 17 years. Let's just say I have a lot of pull. <laughs> no. um, well, not to mess with you. Sorry. We apologize so for any know, jokes we made. So you guys know that I've known. I, I'm wearing my Barbercast hat. You made Oh, yeah. We yeah. That. Um, so Jake and Jordan, I have literally known since they were in high school. I was living in D.C. when they were where they were D.C. high schoolers. Um, they are uh, my uh, unwanted nephews. Uh, <laughs> I love them dearly. Um, the let's let's just say well, we were sad to see them leave the Sirius XM family. I know it was not an easy decision for them, but what they have coming is going to be really good for them. Um, oh, that's exciting. and really good for their listeners and their readers. So I know what's next. I can't say it, but it's a real positive development for them. And that I'm most excited about because they're tremendous advocates for the game. They go about it in such different ways. You know, Jake is yeah, a yeah. lovable goof, but he also you know, played at a high <laughs> enough level that he can have conversations with players that not a whole lot, a lot of other reporters can. Right, sure. And Jordan is incredibly studious. And so, um, I think where they're going to go next, my hope is that they're big hits and that they continue to um, that they continue to raise their profile because I think they're important for baseball because of the way they love it. They don't they're yes. not afraid to ignore the warts. Right. Um, right. But they don't make they don't focus on the warts. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that yeah. I really appreciate. Yeah. We're huge fans of theirs. We're huge fans of yours. But if they come up missing. We're going to testify against you in court. I'm just putting that out there right now. Uh, I Mike, was we never in Indiana. <laughs> Mike, we appreciate was. you stopping by, man. Thank you so much for your knowledge and your time. My pleasure, boys. We'll see you soon. All right, Thanks, buddy. Mike. He gets me hyped for spring training. Like Just yeah. talking to Mike gets me excited for spring training, but him bringing up those ballparks and maybe some of the negative comments I might have said about them uh, really makes me just – it, want these clouds to go away and want next week to get here. Uh, spring the training. Clouds? Oh, I guess they did. Wow, they, they did came kind back. of bad. Uh, spring training. It, it is sunny. supposed when to rain. Walk, it is supposed to rain tomorrow. tomorrow. Yeah, we need that oh, all that's gone. Right. Tomorrow, there's another another rain. Yeah, day. we've made a decision. We don't want to be out at muddy fields, out at Salt River Field. So let's make sure that that all gets cleaned up. But uh, big shout out to Mike. He is the best. Uh, big shout out to you guys as well for being here. If you're here on the PHNX Sports YouTube channel, make sure you subscribe to the channel. Sign up for notifications. That way you don't miss when any of our wonderful shows go live. Uh, leave us a thumbs up, a little like. We appreciate that as well. If you're listening on the audio podcasting site, we appreciate you. Uh, make sure you're subscribed over there. Make sure you leave us a review. We really appreciate those five-star reviews reviews uh of course 
great way uh, for you to get a five-star review on your home is for you to update your flooring. And that is with our friends at Empire Today. Empire Today uh, will get you uh, all that you need at home with their easy, convenience shopping at home kind of uh, model here because they don't want you to have to come into a store, uh, store, showroom, any of that to have to check out your flooring. They keep shopping for floors simple with a curated product selection. And they also have their virtual floor designer, which is a great way to see how the new floors will look in any space. It's easy. All you got to do is snap a picture of a room. And of course, you can see how their samples will look, uh, all the different styles, everything in any space in your home. They do pride themselves on their convenient shop at home service. They also service their own warranty. So if an issue does arise, all you have to do is call Empire and they will take care of it for you. You can schedule a free in-home estimate today. All listeners can receive a $350 discount when they use promo code PHNX. Restrictions do apply. See empiretoday.com slash PHNX for details. Uh, and Jesse, we also have uh, an exciting new sponsor, by the way, a partner yes. from Prize Picks, which is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. Uh, they are the easiest and most exciting way to play DFS. It's just you against the numbers, not you against other people. Instead of battling thousands of other players, you just got to pick more or less uh, for two to six players. You get more than or less than on stats. Go there. Are we going to get more hits? or less hits than one for for a baseball player, that kind of thing. Uh, Then all you got to do is watch the winnings roll in. With the big game right around the corner, prize picks is the easiest and most exciting way to turn every game-changing moment into a hundred times your money uh, with as little as four correct picks you can turn ten dollars into one thousand dollars prize picks is really simple to play i can make picks and submit my entry in less than 60 seconds and i'm we're busy guys sometimes you got to get that stuff done seconds. quickly wow. see i jesse used to do a podcast that was like 54 seconds long so i did <laughs> all right so you can so i, need to, I need to dig up an episode you do you, you could, you'd love it it basically, was you can make your picks in the time listening to one episode yes yes it was it was me giving like the daily you know the biggest happenings in major league baseball every single day and if you're asking why 54 seconds i don't really have a good answer no, to that question no. it just felt right we to told like him yesterday it should have been 48 me. seconds it was a 48 state and, you know that uh, kind of thing would have been cool but yeah, no, he doesn't listen to us retroactive young jesse will not listen to us but uh again uh you can get that knowledge from jesse and then use it on your prize picks uh so just go to prizepicks.com slash phnx and use code phnx for a first deposit match up to 100 that's prizepicks.com slash phnx and use code PHNX daily fantasy sports made easy. You think Mike Farron is going to kill our show just like he did baseball barbacash? Should we be, I, should we be concerned? Should, I, we, should concerned we have not had him on the show? I'm today? concerned <laughs> that I started off the interview by calling him a habitual line stepper because I felt like that was just, that would got things off on the wrong foot, but he loved it. He, I, he, I don't think I've ever seen Mike laugh quite like that. That was, that was, that was incredible. Uh, well, I mean, there is another way to make Mike laugh and it could be the same thing that makes me laugh. We discussed it a little bit there, but according to this tweet from Mark Feinson, uh, the Arizona Diamondbacks are looking to add a right-handed hitter to pair at DH with Jock Peterson, per sources, Randall Grichuk, Tommy Pham, and Adam Duvall among the candidates. Grichuk had a 995 OPS versus left-handed pitching in 2023, uh, which very much feeds families, compared to say, 787 <laughs> for Pham and 756 for Duvall. But obviously, you guys all know Tommy Pham is my selection, uh, just for the jokes. I mean... The jokes write themselves. Uh, like he said, the Diamondbacks are going to slap the taste out of the division. That was uh, that was a good line. I mean, but, all all jokes aside, I feel like we should have at least for a moment like a serious conversation of like we they would get along, right? Yeah. Oh like yeah. Jock Peterson oh, yeah. and Tommy. Oh, Fan, oh, absolutely. It would probably be fine. I've slapped yeah. my friends before 
All right. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, we, <laughs> we slapped each other a million of other. Oh, every day. I so. gave Jesse a chance to hit me with a baseball bat, and he gingerly tapped me. But, I mean, <laughs> there is uh, there is opportunities at times to hit your friends and still like them afterwards. But the, I think the biggest thing he said there is they are professionals, and they, yeah. uh, they've put this behind them way more than we have. We get our jokes in because the internet yeah, is the, forever, and we're never totally. going to forget this. And it's, it's funny. It, it is funny. It's a funny concept that – two players uh, in a sport of, of baseball were in a fantasy football league together and, and, and a transaction caused them to one of them to slap the other one, which it is- wasn't, it wasn't only that though. Uh, I was, I was watching, uh, Tommy did an interview on foul territory. I'm not sure if this was, uh, it was probably at some point in, in 2023, he kind of told the whole story and it wasn't just the fantasy football thing. It was also that they had a group chat for their fantasy football league. And Jock Peterson yeah. apparently put a gif in the group chat <laughs> that made fun of the San Diego Padres, the team that Tommy was playing for at the time. Um, and, uh, and Tommy basically said like, dude, I don't know you like that. Like, we don't know each other that well for you to be making these kinds of jokes, uh, right. which I think we all can have an appreciation for happens to me every single day on Twitter. Yeah. Every yeah, single day absolutely. on Twitter. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so there, there was a little bit, a little bit more to the story there, sure. but I think we all can probably, uh, come to terms with the fact that this would be fine if it happened. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think Tommy fam uh, you know, from a distance can be someone who people aren't so sure about or whatnot. Oh, right. Man. I mean, he's been a bit of a polarizing personality in the game for a while, but once you get a little bit closer to him and get to know him, it's hard universally. Him. We hear things like what Mike said about him just being, um, you know, a tremendous teammate, someone who really looks, looks out for people around him. Uh, and, and as Mike said also is, is a very, very intense competitor. And I think that's something that jock is as well. And, and I, you know, I have, I, I am very confident that if they were in the same clubhouse, they would be able to kind of bond over that and, you know, put put some of those things, uh, put some of those things behind them. I'm sure they already have. I'm sure they're are, they've already had. Uh, I doubt this would be the first time they've interacted or had discussions since that happened. But yeah, it's, it's I, also- I don't know. I don't I don't know for sure. But if they were on the same team. Be like, all right, you know, like at this point, yeah. we are going to get to the point where yeah. we know each other better. And and I, I don't think it would take very long for them to get past that. The way me and Jesse squashed our beef when we were opposing D-backs podcasts. We had to come yeah, together. Absolutely. There was, there was yeah. an arbitration meeting. Someone had to mediate it. There was a lot <laughs> there. Uh, Charles Woodall Pike is absolutely right. He said the power of friendship is greater than old fantasy football beefs. You're goddamn right they are. Uh, <laughs> I will say that like when I was talking about that edge that Tommy Pham uh, – brought to this team last year it, it was kind of what something like damon had addressed several times very comically but still addressed was the that it felt like the diamondbacks were just getting too buddy buddy with some of these teams this was around when you know the diamondbacks were appearing on mookie betts's podcast and everybody it was like sure power sure. of friendship started to leak out beyond the team and go into <laughs> be, befriending other teams and like that competitive fire, that intensity that you're talking about that someone like Tommy Pham brings, that's like just kind of a wake up call at times to remind younger players like, hey, there's a reason to kind of stay locked in, even if it's imaginary to just kind of hate that guy because of that laundry he wears, because we are going to war against them and we want to beat them. And you got to kind of think of it in that way. Sometimes those old, those, those, those veteran players, I was about to say older. And then that made me feel bad myself. Those veteran players, um, you know, can bring that, that, that knowledge of like, 
just having the right mindset can really just push you a little bit further in, in a game and, and get the best out of you when competing against them. I'm not saying like the Diamondbacks were letting up against opponents, but again, when you have a, a certain kind of mental toughness that you bring uh, when you're competing and, and you have somebody like Tommy Pham telling you its importance and kind of showing you the way there a little bit, I, I think it definitely can shape those young players to understand the importance of it. His experience is is a lot that that he brings. I also agree with what Mike said about like the like the effort that they're putting in. Like they are competing, but they're not just competing like on the field. They're competing for a spot. It's why I very much liked what Jock Peterson said about wanting to work with Dave McKay and wanting to improve on the things that people think he can't do any longer. He wants to be able to hit left-handed pitching. He wants to be able to play defensively. He wants to be able to do other things, right? So it's like he doesn't want to just be a guy that literally is just going to be used as a DH. He wants to contribute, and he feels like he still has, you know, something left in the tank. Whether or not that happens, that remains to be seen. But I do like that attitude because I do feel like that's what – someone coming into the situation needs to bring there there's a lot of young talented guys on this team and and you're going to need to bring your best in order to to be able to i guess contribute yeah yeah for sure um it'll be interesting to see how how this shakes out i mean i guess we should kind of talk about some of these guys uh i I guess yeah let's let's go a little deeper on tommy fam here his numbers from the 2023 season, he hit 256, 328, 446, uh, 16 homers, 68 RBI, 1.8 F war uh, when Four. all was uh, foire, when you. all was said and done. Uh, a few a few things that I will note on Tommy as much as uh, I think we I think we all love the clubhouse fit. We love the character fit, uh, you know, Jock Peterson narratives aside. Um, I do have some some points I would make. Uh, from a number standpoint that maybe don't go in his favor so much. Uh, Tommy was not quite as good with the Diamondbacks last year after the trade. Uh, he hit 241, 304, 415, had an OPS plus of 95. So he was a slightly below average hitter, below league average hitter after coming over to the Diamondbacks. He also bizarrely had reverse splits uh, with the Diamondbacks. He actually hit only 230, 294, 361 against lefties after the trade. He was much better against righties than he was against lefties. And presumably his role, if the Diamondbacks did bring him in, would be to hit lefties. I mean, that would be kind of the yeah. sole reason yep. that he would be with the Diamondbacks. The other thing I notice is Tommy Pham as a DH last year was not nearly as good offensively no, as no, when he, was, he was in the field. No. Uh, and that's pretty extreme. He hit 153, 242, 256, an OPS right around 500 uh, when starting the game as a DH as opposed to uh, starting the game in the outfield. And part of that could just be noise. Uh, statistically, I, I wouldn't necessarily read too much into it, but I do think there could be something there. It is different. Uh, just mindset wise, if you're a baseball player showing up at the yard and and being in the field that day, mm-hmm. it, I think it maybe kind of helps uh, get you engaged throughout the game versus just kind of sitting on the bench the whole game and only, you know, only stepping foot on the field when it's your when it's your time to hit. They are two uh, two pretty different things. So I wonder if there could be something uh, to that for him where he prefers to play in the field as opposed to. Uh, you know, uh, participate as a DH. I'm not sure how much opportunity he would get in the field if the Diamondbacks going to were to, uh, thing. yeah, were to bring him in because your your outfield is pretty much full at this yeah. point, right? Yeah. Um, against uh, 
Uh, I mean, I, I guess you could. I guess you could put him in the field. Uh, now well, that I think about it, there's against, going to be just not very many opportunities against right? a lefty. You could play Corbin Carroll in center, and then Lourdes in left, and Tommy Pham in right. Sure. And then uh, that's your method of getting Alec Thomas out of the lineup against a lefty. Uh, so there is a path here for him to play in the field. Uh, but I'm I'm not so sure. I mean, the the wording of of Mark's tweet with the Diamondbacks looking for someone to pair with Jock at the DH slot. I'm not sure that they would they would be planning on using him in in the field that much if this happened. Right. Meanwhile, Randall Grichik, it feels like based on his uh, tweet there, like like. The best potential fit, uh, mostly in terms what, of hitting lefties, um, instead of yeah. t- in terms of hitting lefties on what the Diamondbacks would actually be looking for there. Um, he did play in the outfield quite a bit uh, last season, so he's capable of offering that up as well. Well, let's take a look at his numbers from last year because, again, it's uh, it's not like uh, like none of these guys really stand out head and shoulders above no. the other one. It's no. just Grichik's numbers definitely vibe more with what the Diamondbacks are looking to do. He slashed 328, 388, 607 against lefties last year. Uh, Here, his total season numbers are he averaged 267 with a 321 on-base percentage, 459 slugging. He hit 16 home runs, 44 RBI, and a floor of 0.6. Yeah, he's uh, he he destroys lefties, and that's... And that's it. <laughs> there's not there's not a, a lot more value that you're going to get from Randall Grishik. I think he can play outfield in the corners. He did play some center field last year. I don't think you'd really want him playing but center field. The metrics were not were not good there. That's where he um, is, his his war is is actually uh, impacted negatively. Is his defense essentially right? So yeah, and, and the Diamondbacks it's a net negative it, for sure. Right, yeah. and and you're not looking for necessarily a defender right now with this particular spot that you're looking for i just yeah. think they they would like some versatility you don't want to just get a guy that all he's going to do is dh and potentially be a liability in the outfield he did he did play 65 games in the outfield but he didn't play those games essentially very well defensively yeah yeah it was 65 games in left 22 in center um and then 11 games at dh in in 2023 so um yeah i i feel like I feel like Randall Randall Grishik, if you're just looking for, you know, who's going to be the best get for you offensively, just someone who can destroy left-handed pitching, Randall Grishik yeah. out of these three guys, I think would be the answer. Uh, he did struggle a bit with the Angels in the second half of the season. He was traded from the Rockies to the Angels at the trade deadline. And he only had an 80 OPS plus in the second half with the Angels after having a 120 in the first half. So his second half was not nearly as good. But even then, if you look at, I narrowed in on his numbers against lefties in the second half when he was in the Angels. Mm -hmm. His WRC plus, I don't have it in front of me, but it was like 135. He was still very, very good. So Randall Grishik against lefties, the the best option of the three guys. Uh, He can play corner outfield. I think he's okay. He's good enough. Uh, Not as good as Adam Duvall, I don't think, but can at least, you know, step in if if you need him to. and uh, yeah, I mean, if if he's the guy that you have coming off the bench, you know, if, if Jock Peterson is starting a game against a righty, uh, the other team puts in a big left-handed reliever and you're looking for someone to come off the bench and pinch hit in that spot, Randall Grzyk is a pretty good guy to have coming off your bench uh, to, to face that tough lefty. The advantage here he has above Duvall and Pham is, is his numbers against lefties, whereas Pham and Duvall both had... Uh, 
reverse splits. Duval, right? yeah. Well, Fam had slightly he was slightly better against lefties than righties for the season, but he had heavy reverse splits with the Diamondbacks for mm. whatever reason. Mm. And then, yeah, Duval did have uh, fairly significant reverse splits this past year, uh, which is kind of bizarre. I, I don't think that holds for his career. My guess is it's kind of a one-year aberration, but it is it is a little weird. Um, Adam Duvall had a 36.6% strikeout rate against lefties last year, which is actually very high. Uh, we were talking about J.D. Martinez's strikeout rate not that long ago, and he was in the in the lower 30s, and that was kind of a, a concerning number. So, um, yeah, I guess we can I guess we can go to Adam Duvall, take a look at his numbers uh, for the season. These numbers on the surface are pretty good. Uh, 247, 303, 531 slash line. Duvall hit 21 homers last year with 58 RBI, 1.9 wins above replacement. Looking at the surface numbers, Duvall actually had the best season out of these three guys last year. Uh, Pedro has a great comment uh, in regards to which of these you got guys you would want. Uh, he is all in on fam because dude gave up an at bat for his teammate to have a postseason moment. That's a guy I want on my team. And that's a really good point. Like there is something to be said about that behavior. And, uh, again, when we go back to Tommy fam being such a great teammate and yeah. why, why he's really liked in the clubhouse, it's, it's things like that, that he did. The other thing about it that I really loved about that moment was how, it first got misconstrued why he did it. It was like kind of blamed on Tory for pulling him out of the game and putting Peterson in. But then like his his ex response, his explanation was like, yeah, of course I like I wanted I wanted my dog Jace to get in that bat, right? Like it's like there's something to be said about how like selfless he was in that moment. And there is also something to be said about keeping this team together as much uh, intact as much as possible, considering what they did together last postseason. Yeah, there's no way to know if that's going to translate over to regular season success or them getting back to the World Series or even getting back to the postseason next year. You just know that that guy brought something special and you know that this team definitely connected in a way that allowed them to to get so far. Right. Um, and and there is one big glaring issue here and i hate to address it but if you do acquire one of these guys does yeah. that instantly make jake mccarthy expendable yeah mike kind of alluded to this and i think it i think it kind of has to i mean you could you could have jake as minor league depth um you know i mean maybe you know if he has just an extraordinary spring training maybe there's a there's a way to get well, him on the roster and but like I mike said you're gonna have injuries right so there's no way for you to go through a 162 yeah. game season and expect every single member of your roster to stay healthy it's an inevitability sure. that you're going to lose somebody and jake mccarthy would absolutely just rake in reno until his time comes and maybe this is the time where it finally translates over to the big leagues where we can see him have some of that success offensively you know up here at major league level yeah we've seen him do it before it's just not in in big in in a like a whole season it's just kind of been in spurts at times yeah i'm just thinking about like if if the diamondbacks did bring in uh we'll, we'll just say it's tommy fam hypothetically so at that point you would have on your opening day roster you would have corbin carroll lourdes guriel jr alec thomas right your three uh, starting outfielders, presumably. Um, and then you would also have Jake McCarthy um, in this in this world that I'm kind of trying to imagine. Mm -hmm. uh, and then you would have Tommy Pham, another outfielder. Uh, so you'd have a left-handed hitting outfielder, right-handed hitting outfielder. And then you'd have Jock Peterson, who maybe you don't want him to play outfield a ton, 
but it is something that he wants to prove to you and he could at least be used in emergency situations. Like at that point, you're looking at having six outfielders on the roster, which just seems, it just seems over the top to me. I, I, do, I just have a hard time imagining if you were to bring in one of these guys, how Jake would make any sense on this roster. We've already talked about how currently Jake's fit on the roster already doesn't really make sense like right now when i'm when i'm yeah when i'm playing with my lineups against righties and lefties right now jake doesn't show up in my lineup against righties but he does in my lineup against lefties at least sometimes because you know jake had better numbers last year against lefties than alec thomas but i mean that's a weird situation like are you gonna have a left-handed hitting outfielder like play primarily against lefties and and just be on the bench. Otherwise it, it doesn't, the the fit there just doesn't make any sense. Um, And the solution in my mind always was to bring in a right-handed hitting outfielder and then, you know, trade Jake McCarthy elsewhere. And I think, I think that could be what would happen. Yeah. And I think, I think that could make sense for the diamondbacks. Cause as, as Mike also said, there's some room to add to the bullpen here and maybe, maybe a Jake McCarthy trade, is is an avenue of doing that well it is the best time to be a sports fan here in the valley spring training is right about to start we have the waste management open um people running for their lives like they were uh like like fire was raining down from the sky yesterday it was great it was hilarious (laughs) but uh of course you got all sorts of great stuff going on including the super bowl but uh the valley of the sun will roar to life this spring when nascar returns to phoenix raceway march 8th through the 10th I cannot wait to go out there. I've never seen a NASCAR race in person before, but uh, due to the proximity to my wife, who's a very big NASCAR fan, I've had to uh, root for for drivers and watch it, and I'm I'm coming around. I've actually had a really good time, and it look, like looks even more fun to go out to Phoenix Raceway because uh, it was pretty epic when we were out there. Uh, they have the best-in-class fan experience, uh, and it meets racing's toughest drivers for five days of action, all surrounded by the beautiful Estrella Mountains. So make sure it is what, beautiful. Over it's there. it's gorgeous. Out it's there a bit of a sure. jaunt, uh, but man, it is it is pretty cool. But there, you know what, there is on the way out there. There's a Circle K on the way out there. It's ah, right, there by, right by Phoenix there Raceway. But whether you're a diehard racing fan or simply looking for a fantastic day out, this event promises fun for everyone from live entertainment, fan hospitality areas, and an immersive infield experience, which looks like my kind of party. Also, make sure to check out all the other amazing things Phoenix Raceway has to offer, including a NASCAR experience you can get for your loved one, which I'm already saving up for for my wife for her birthday, uh, and so much more. So you can get your tickets to the Shriners Children's 500 at Phoenix Raceway March 8th through 10th. And it promises a weekend of good vibes for the whole family. Get your tickets now at phoenixraceway.com. And I talked about Circle K. It's right there. So it's like the only thing kind of right there uh, for you to stop at, to fill yourself up, to fill your car up in that vicinity. And of course, that's because Circle K is everywhere in the valley. Uh, it doesn't matter where you're at. You can find a Circle K near you. And it is America's third stop. So make sure to stop and get yourself something to drink. Fill up your gas, and if you sign up for their Inner Circle membership program for free right now, you can save 25 cents off per gallon on your first five fill-ups. And, uh, yeah, from what I saw driving in here, their gas is pretty cheap already, so make sure to save even more. You can stack uh, their easy pay option on top of that. Get 35 cents off per gallon on your first five fill-ups, uh, and, of course, save some money. Get five uh, Buy five, get a six-one free on a selection of Circle K products, and so much more. Join Inner Circle for free by downloading the Circle K app today. Terms and conditions apply at participating locations. Visit circlek.com for details. 
Uh, shout out to all of our diehard members for showing up last night for our uh, first edition of Squeeze yeah, Play. Yes. Uh, Justin, our winner, uh, congratulations to him on his free T-shirt from the phnxlocker.com. But this is just some of the great content uh, you get exclusively for being a diehard. So join us today over at gophnx.com. Of course, you get Jesse's content. You get all of our content from our writers. You get access to our uh, Discord lounge, which is the best place to be an Arizona sports fan. You get a free T-shirt from the phnxlocker.com, like this beauty I'm wearing right now. We are still a motherfucking wagon, by the way. Uh, also, get uh, all of your discounts with our partners and so much more, including discounts to our events. There it is. There's the shirt I'm wearing right there. Uh, Can we so still call that a new release? I don't know. Been a little while now. It's just with the lower stage, Jesse. Yeah, Jesse, you stop, stop. <laughs> Every shirt that these, we sell get in the production block, Jesse. is a new release. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Well, uh, of course, get your membership today. Become part of our family. Uh, and speaking of family, there is a, a great new documentary or docu series coming to Netflix in 2024. I'm excited because it's baseball. Uh, not excited so much about the team they're covering, but Netflix <laughs> will apparently follow the Red Boston Red Sox for a docu-series in 2024. Uh, Jesse's first question to me was, why? Why would they do that? <laughs> like, why of all the teams that's would elite they content. Uh, it is elite content. I told him, first of all, shooting docu-series at Fenway right from a production standpoint is incredible so that alone uh they, they are a very popular team but they're not very good so that could make the narratives fun i mean yeah you could choose the dodgers but i feel like access to the players are going to be kind of limited and such you know like they're, they're, yeah there's, there's a lot of good reasons to pick the red Sox, uh but it, that's uh, definitely not for about, success i don't know about that well yeah no i mean they're <laughs> in a very tough division that they really have no like there's not a great outlook for them for 2024 yeah. so i guess Maybe that's part of why you do it as the Boston Red Sox. Like we ask, why would Netflix have interest in the Red Sox? Well, vice versa. Why would Red Sox have interest in being part of this? Well, part of it yeah. is is because then it gets at least, you know, it, 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 it's something positive for your team. It's something that people will enjoy watching entertainment-wise. And, and it's going to bring you some new fans. There's going to be some people that are fans just because. My wife watched a documentary on, on quarterbacks, and she loves Patrick Mahomes now. Just oh, because wow. in the documentary he came off as being such like a a likable guy, and she really just kind of became a fan of his. Right, that can happen with stuff like this. But uh, I, I again, Boston Red Sox thoughts. Yeah, well, I loved how uh, uh, speaking of baseball barbacast, our friends over at Cispitus Family Barbecue, uh, their reaction to this on Twitter was, <laughs> "This is going to be like thirty hours of Lucas Giolito playing Rocket League. I can't wait." <laughs> Give it to and me. I'm Give here it to for me. that yeah, too. Personally, that. Rocket yeah. League uh, hours of endless entertainment. Uh, I I do appreciate that if you're if you're going to make something like this, mm -hmm. you would maybe want it to be a team that is doubted a little bit entering the season, yeah. where there's potential for a you know a comeback story kind of a narrative, right? Uh, if the Red Sox were to go far in 2024. That would be a big deal, yeah. and it would be something worth making, you know, something like this about, much like if they had done this for the Diamondbacks last Correct. year. Um, so, yeah, like like picking the Dodgers or whatever, you know, uh, that could be interesting, too. I think you're right that, uh, you know, Shohei Otani would probably make like two appearances on the entire show or something <laughs> because uh, he, he tends uh, to be he tends to be pretty guarded just, in these kind of environments. Just put but, a GoPro on decoy. That's all yeah, I want. Put it on go. his dog, and go. that's all I want. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of funny that you say that because the movie, they filmed that movie, Fever Pitch, 
the Jimmy Fallon movie around the narrative of the Boston Red Sox being a bad team. And part of it was that they were going to film at Fenway during the playoffs and the heartbreak of the Red Sox losing, which they felt was inevitable, was going to be part of the film. And they mm -hmm. had to literally rewrite, rewrite the movie because of the way that that postseason run went for the yeah, Boston Red yeah, Sox, right. right? So, I mean, there there is something to be said about that. All I can think about is how electric a docuseries about the Diamondbacks 2023 season would have been. Yeah. My God, when you talk about that, that underdog mentality, the the like expectations not being very high, the drama, the drama, Jesse, with Madison Bumgarner. Oh my God. Could you imagine a documentary film crew following Madison Bumgarner around during all I don't of know that? how on board with that he would have been. I'm, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> doing slamming doors and cameras, faces and stuff. Like they would have absolutely put all of that in the documentary. But then for them to go through like the ups and downs they went, the success they experienced, the low point, July, where it was like that all is lost moment yeah. in, a, in a story. It where, does have like the perfect story arc. I mean, like I mean, things are, they things just are needed good. to win the World Series. Things that's are, the only right, part they needed right, to, for it true. to be the perfect story arc, right? But yeah, I mean, like things were really good at the beginning. Yes. So you kind of get people into it. Yep. You know, they're defying all sorts of expectations. They've got the best record in the National League, like into June. And then a, a historic collapse. And a then a historic collapse. Historic all, collapse. All, of the, all of the Corbin Carroll injury scares, yeah. like those could all be their own little, their own little subplot. Oh, him uh, with the doctor? Like him with the I'd be on the edge of my seat. Even though I know the outcome, <laughs> I'd still be on the edge of my seat. Yeah, it'd be great. There'd be a lot there. there but yeah, then, yeah, the whole playoff run, everything that happened with this team. Uh, the moment in the documentary series when Paul Seawald enters the clubhouse. <laughs> I, I know it didn't happen like this. I mean, but I, I, was I think I was there when Paul Seawald uh, entered the clubhouse. Say, uh, like, I'm, I'm not, I'm not sure the door it was in the and moment. Everybody was that... like, Paul! That's what I imagine. <laughs> but that's just because everything's a fairy tale in my mind. Uh, yeah, it would have been a great, great series to watch. But uh, that's why we're making the movie. That's why me and Espo yeah. cast the movie. So at least we could try to relive some of that magic. But uh, good luck, Red Sox, I guess. Yeah, I still, you know, there, it would it would be quite something if the Red Sox went far in 2024. But I don't think that's going to no. happen. And it, I don't want that for my like, team. Like, I don't want that distraction around my Diamondbacks yeah, team this yeah, year, right? That's, like, keep that's that far fair. away. That's fair. Yeah. And it does feel like the most likely outcome here is the Red Sox are going to win about, you know, 80 to 82 games again. <laughs> and it's just going to be, Woo. yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it, I, I guess like something like this, I, I still think is, is worth doing and, you know, we'll oh, probably, yeah. oh, I'll we'll probably it. captivate, yeah, uh, you know, Boston is like, that's a great fan base for sure, even though they're not super happy with how things are going lately. So I'm sure some good things will come out of this, but still, a, still a bizarre choice for for sure. I mean, we did have the hard knock season covering the Arizona we Cardinals, did, yes. so like we all lived through that. So th this this can't be can't be harder to watch at times than that. But anyway, <laughs> uh, if you're looking to take an adventure, not just one on Netflix, uh, check out what Arizona Lottery has going on. They're introducing a new unique ticket and promotion called Arizona Adventure, where there are three incredible ways to play it. Of course, you can play their lottery tickets that feature three iconic Arizona landscapes, but they also have their check-ins at geolocated adventures at 10 destinations across the street 
across the state, not across the street. That would be uh, <laughs> like what on the other side of Van Buren. Uh, but uh, you can check in at all sorts of geolocated adventure spots from Flagstaff to Yuma. They have a self-guided adventures uh, tour to 10 iconic Arizona destinations. You can check in at destination coordinates on the website. And of course, that gives you an opportunity to win a whole lot of money uh, back from Arizona Laundry. They say the proceeds from ticket sales support environmental conservation, among other important initiatives across the straight state. And I can't say the word state, apparently. Uh, <laughs> Arizona is not just about playing games and winning prizes. It's also about giving back to the state, said it there, and community. So visit azadventure.com for more information on how you can take an adventure with Arizona Lottery and for a chance to win $1 million in cash and Arizona travel prizes. And I absolutely love traveling across the state and staying in some of our some of our smaller cities yeah uh, there's just some incredible staycation opportunities uh here in 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 arizona so it's one of those states that you can like go two hours and be in a completely different environment than yeah, where you were very in, right? true you went you went and chased snow on a mountain yesterday i did you did, did. just on his own adventure and i'm planning a uh we're, we're gonna take a little a little podcast a little phnx d-backs beat trip um, me and Damon, you, you're not going to be invited, um, to, uh, Bisbee, uh, because we're, yeah, I'm going to mute his mic because we need to found the Bisbee Frisbees minor league baseball That's, team. That was there my is, name. There is, who was the, the one, one that told you about that ballpark? Jay? I'm the one that came up with the name there. Bisbee Frisbees. That who's the, the, who's Frisbees? the one that, that told me. you about that ballpark? Yeah. I believe it's called Warren ballpark. The, the I'm very audacity. well read on the situation. The oldest ballpark in America. That's still host active baseball games again these are facts true? that yeah yes jesse yes See, they hold they he host old-timey <laughs> baseball games they all dress up in right, the old-timey right, right. gear yeah, it's they, great they he makes yeah. me sick he makes me sick uh, him and damon leaving me out on their staycations it's our, I hate it's it. our thing you yeah. don't you just don't get invited on on the trips it's just it's, it's I, just i, I founded it damon's dogs there was no damon's dogs before me i just want to put <laughs> that out there uh well a great way to take some of those adventures of course uh is getting some free bonuses from our friends at desert financial credit union for more than 84 years desert financial has been arizona's largest most trusted local credit union uh, and they of course can get you started on your home ownership journey the way they got me started on mine can look to desert financial for checking and savings accounts mortgages loans credit cards investment options and so much more join a credit union uh, that is committed to you to giving back to the community and sharing success with you their members. When you open a free checking account online, you can get $200 in bonuses. Get started by visiting desertfinancial.com slash 200 right now. Well, that's all we got for this week. Uh, this no, is it's our not. last. It's not all we got this for this is, week. Oh, no? No? <laughs> because we're about to record an audio podcast. Oh, yeah, that's right. That we will be unveiled on Saturday. That's right. So that is not it. Do you want to tell people what we're talking about? No. Okay. <laughs> You're just going to have to, we're not even teasing you. You're just going to have to watch it to find out. Uh, no, we are talking about uh, maybe some MLB players participating in the Olympics and what uh, baseball would have to do in order to make that happen. But that would make baseball in the Olympics a lot more fun. That's for sure. Uh, so make sure to join us on our audio only podcast for that. Uh, this is our last week without baseball in our lives. This is true. Yep. Pitchers and this catchers report next week. Cannot wait for that. So make sure to tune in will be uh, going at two o'clock those days once pitchers and catchers report that way we can be out there salt river fields and talk to tori and all the players uh, in the meantime you can make sure to follow us on twitter i'm at cap underscore caveman with a k this maniac next to me is at jesse and friedman of course it was Faj once again on the ones and twos today you can follow jacob at jacob underscore franklin four 
uh, because once again, he's the fourth best Jacob Franklin known in known existence. We get uh, we get Damon back next week. God, thank God. Oh my, you goodness. do you do get Damon oh, back? Thank the man. Lord. <laughs> we really appreciate your help. Faj. <laughs> anyway, uh, well, uh, you can follow our show at PHNX. That was too far. That was, was that, that was, was uncalled. No, I do really appreciate his help. He's a great guy. Uh, but anyway. You don't get Damon back next week. It's no. actually I'm going to make one of you sit behind the computer and make all of the stuff and get it ready and do the show. I've been and... making all the shorts. Oh, we got Totri. Totri would be an electric producer, but he'd probably put the camera on himself for the whole show. We know that would happen. Uh, I, what was I at? Our show. Uh, before I was rudely interrupted by Fodge and he wonders why Damon is better at this than him, uh, can follow our show at PHNX underscore D-backs. But of course, all roads do lead to at PHNX underscore sports on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We appreciate you guys. We appreciate you, Fodge. We appreciate Mike Farron for, like I said earlier, being a habitual line stepper. Uh, and we uh, will be back here on Monday with another Mailbag Monday episode. So make sure to join us for that. In the meantime, have a wonderful weekend. We thank you guys for stopping by. And remember, kids, baseball is fun, but it is so much more fun when you do a documentary about the Arizona Diamondbacks.